Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The following is a presentation of Morning Drive Media. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Four Center Podcast feed, and it's time for the main show. This is Four Center. I'm Ken Apsuck, along with Joseph Scrimshaw and Jennifer Landa. We are back to break down, discuss, react, celebrate, and scream to the top of the mountains about our love of Star Wars. Joseph, welcome back. Oh, I'm happy to be here on the bridge of the Star Destroyer. You used all the verbs in that introduction, and I'm thrilled. <laughs> I'm trying to make up for my lack of knowing verbs and nouns and adjectives in the Star Wars madly. <laughs> <laughs> I think you did it. I think you nailed it. You used uh, all the verbs. Joseph, fresh off a very well-received and great turn on Collider's Jedi Council. Oh, yeah. Thank you. It was a ton of fun. I had just a blast doing it. You you were great. Uh, you fit right in with Riley Harloff and Campia. Uh, I know those guys well, and I know they loved, to, loved you on there and loved to have you there. And, and uh, look, seems like the fans liked you, too, which yeah. is key in YouTube. Yeah, it's great. I looked at the, like, first 50 YouTube comments, and there was only one mildly negative one. And I said, great, I'm going to whistle and walk away now. <laughs> My favorite two comments were, one of them wrote, uh, Joseph has an oddly calming voice. <laughs> my favorite and, that's so great and someone not not a, uh, a familiar with us yet uh in this show said um he has a general hux thing going on <laughs> i do have a general hux thing going on i am a ginger space nazi and there's nothing i can do about it so it was great to see you on there jennifer great to have you back with a great indoor shirt no one can see right now yeah yes. but it's solid speaking of calming like that indoor shirt is like my voice is supposed to be it's it's a calming shirt it is a calming drawing of endor i am in an ewok kind of mood today okay i'm fierce and fierce yeah i was gonna think that's happy and chirpy but that could be warrior warrior furry warrior i like that wow yeah. furry warrior. is there anything going on in your life that we need to <laughs> no no it's just the traffic you know okay the fair usual. enough yeah traffic can get turned into a fierce warrior <laughs> yeah that guy in the prius i'm gonna cook and eat him <laughs> 
Joseph, before we dive into the news, you want to discuss something that uh, you're the only one familiar with right now. I haven't had a chance to see it. It's this awesome doc documentary, uh, L Street 76. Yeah, L Street 1976. Oh. I think it has limited showings. I think it might be out of Los Angeles already. Okay. Uh, I think it had limited. It had a limited showing last week. I hope it's going to have bigger showings. And if not, I'm sure it's going to be on sale. But I think it's something that like hardcore Star Wars fans should definitely mm-hmm. know about and see. I didn't even realize it was kickstarted. Uh, oh, it's a okay. Kickstarter documentary. It doesn't have like the most amazing production values, and it's structured a little bit weird. But it is just this fascinating insight into a bunch of bit players who did uh, performances on A New Hope, and then wow. also Jeremy Bullock, who played Boba Fett. Mm. And it kind of linear walks through their lives. You start just by learning about the people, like growing up in England or Canada or wherever they came from, right. and then Star Wars kind of hits in the middle of their lives, and it's this magnet of just this powerful thing that either pulls them into it or propels them away from it. And you can see how their lives refract around it. And we get into a bunch of great politics of the Star Wars signing circuit of yeah. like the different tiers of who should sign where to who oh, based wow. on what you did in the movie. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, so oh, it's really, wow. really fascinating. It's a really deep look. Barely any time is actually spent on... What was it like on set? What are stories sure. of the set? There are like one or two stories of on the set. Uh, so I think if you go into it expecting that, it's just, this is a great snapshot of how Star Wars affected these people's lives deeply, mm-hmm. but not just like, oh, I remember this time that George said this. There's a little bit of that, but it's mostly just... Star Wars made a mess of my life in good and bad ways. <laughs> That's hmm. kind of what I would want out of that because we've got a lot of those stories. Yeah. Right? We've heard a lot about that, but to the, the this autograph circuit is a fascinating tale to me. Yeah. So, like, if you're Death Star Gunner, are you, like, a bull, <laughs> above a, a Stormtrooper? Are you below a Stormtrooper? Yeah, 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 you're below. Yeah, they had the rankings oh. of the, like, uh, known characters. They talked to David Prowse, they talked to Jeremy right. Bullock, and they both, of course, are, like, they're the top level yeah. because they're a famous character. Mm. And then there are people who actually had dialogue, and then the people who actually had dialogue kind of have beef with the people who were just extras <laughs> oh who goodness. didn't have dialogue. And I don't want to spoil anything. So great, there's a guy in there you spend a lot of time with before you kind of really figure out, because it's linear, you spend a lot of time with them before you fully understand who they were in the movie. Oh, there's God. one guy who's just, he was in the Rebel briefing in A New Hope, just from the back. He doesn't have any lines and somebody convinced him to start the convention circuit. And then he has these weird adventures as like, oh my I don't even know what you people want to meet me. Yeah. Okay. Like it's, it's fascinating. So if it comes to a theater near you, be sure to go check it out. And if not, when it comes available, digital purchase definitely. somehow, definitely. If you're hardcore Star Wars, it's worth checking out. I think oh we'll, uh, we'll maybe it. do a, a full special breakdown. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's then, uh, meaty. Hopefully head out on the autograph circuit. <laughs> That's right. Well, the Prowse story, Prowse is an interesting character when it comes to these conventions because right. he's not really beloved by a lot of the people in the Star Wars world, would I no. gather. Right. Um, I have an autographed uh, comic book from him that Frankie Kazarian got me as a gift. It's great. It's addressed to me, and it's a uh, Vader issue one alt cover. Oh, it's nice. It's great, wow. but it's like, uh, so I'd be happy to meet him, but yeah, it seems yeah. like there's some... Some little contention there. And he addresses that. Oh, he does. Straight on. And yeah, so it's pretty cool. Oh, my gosh. Very much. Well, that is a. 
Very uh, interesting thing to look forward to, L Street, 1976. But now we're going to talk about Star Wars news. Jennifer Landa will guide us through the murky Dagobah waters of the Star <laughs> Wars news. Yes, there was a lot happening. First, I would like to say happy birthday, George Lucas. Yeah. Today is his birthday. I don't know how old he is. Yeah. But 72. We have to thank 72. Yeah. We okay. have to thank the maker because without him, we would not be here. That is absolutely true. Thank the maker. George. Oh, George. Gotta George, George. Also created by Anakin Skywalker. Did you know that? that <laughs> George Lucas was created by Anakin. Built. So much sense. Yeah, I'm glad that you brought that up. Because yeah. I do think, yeah. it's, especially now that he's retired, it's time yeah. to, to you know, uh, maybe critique him with a laugh and shaking your head. Oh, George. But oh, then beyond that, just celebrate the damn man. He did Absolutely. everything. Yeah. Absolutely. I go back to, uh, we'll get to the news in a second. Sorry, you're, you're sending me on a tangent. Especially when you read Chris Taylor's book, How Star Wars Conquered the Universe. Go back to the beginning days when this guy sat down with a pad of paper and wrote the words, the Star Wars, uh, uh, Luke Starkiller, and all that kind of stuff. Could you imagine being at that point and, 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 and having a glimpse of what you created after that? And yeah. it started no. with the stroke of a pencil on a, on a piece of paper. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we focus on how everybody else contributed to build the thing. Mm-hmm. Right. But he was the one who said, hey, what if I made this weird thing? What if it existed? And yep, okay. a lot of people helped him, but it would not exist if he wasn't like, right. um, uh, how about a, <laughs> what's a... Uh, it's a space fantasy. <laughs> I can't do Flash Gordon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, we'll get to a little bit about him in a moment here, but yeah. let's first talk about John Boyega. Yeah. Who is throwing us little breadcrumbs about episode eight. He is currently at the Cannes Film Festival where he received this year's Chopard Trophy, uh, which is an award given to two young actors to recognize and encourage their careers. Let's Pretty cool, Mm, actually. Um, But in a variety uh, interview, he talked about the difference between J.J. Abrams and his Episode 8 director, and he said that Ryan Johnson is great and that the film is, quote, a different take, darker, bigger. Someone will say, how do you get bigger than The Force Awakens? But it's crazy. (laughs) What Mm. does that mean? How how could it be bigger than The Force Awakens? To me... Story-wise, that's the word I go to is bigger. It's a mm. bigger story. It yeah. spans this. We're not going to follow the, the path of, of A New Hope, Force Awakens, uh, and I'm okay with it. I think I, I've come to – I watched it again for the ninth time. I finally sat down and watched Force Awakens for the ninth time, and I'm totally fine with the storyline being reminiscent but familiar yeah. uh, but new. So that is gone, and to me the story being bigger means this can go anywhere we need it to go. Yeah. I'm starting to think it means war because we we only saw a little bit of actual war in the Clone Wars. Mm -hmm. And even going back to George Lucas that he wanted to start Revenge of the Sith with seven battles on seven worlds and realized Mm -hmm. that he was out of time. I kind of think by the First Order blowing up the government, Mm -hmm. we've always seen governments trying to hold on to power. The Empire's trying to hold on to power. The Old Republic or the Republic is trying to fight off the Separatists. There might not be anybody in charge of the galaxy at all. Mm -hmm. So I think maybe bigger might just be like everything is up for grabs. Everything is utter chaos. Absolutely. One of the thoughts I had here, and then I want to get your take on bigger, Jennifer, but uh, I had talked about it again back when I was on Movie Fights in December about Star Wars. We had a pitch episode eight, and I thought there is a vacuum of power. There's a void. Yeah. So more than two teams are going to rise up in my world. Oh, yeah. We could have more. Now, could it get confusing and, 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 and would you have too many characters and armies and uniforms? Yeah. So I'm sure they're going to streamline that. But the idea that 
just because the First Order's trying to take control and Resistance is trying to resist, some other people might be like, hey, rise up, Mandalorians, it's our time to come back, or something like that. So I could see that start to happen where it gets bigger, the scope of what we're dealing with is bigger. I love that interpretation. Initially, I thought just playing with timeline, of course, Mm -hmm. naturally because of of his film Looper, uh, Ryan Johnson's film. So I thought maybe we'd get a lot of flashbacks, perhaps even a flash forward. So I kind of took bigger as as that. It's going to be a much more vast story. But I like the idea of maybe going into more of a political realm. Also because didn't Claudia Gray, the author of Bloodline, consult Ryan Johnson? Yeah, Ryan Johnson came in and said, here are the things that I want you to include. And specifically the things that he wanted to include. I won't say any spoilers, but he wanted... He had the definition of what the political factions were, mm. uh, and he had one particular incident that happens in the book. Uh, napkin but the fact, incident? The napkin incident. Okay, I will yes. find out about this at some point. <laughs> it's great. It's big, it's big, and it's one of the best parts of the book. One of the I best think. parts of the book, and hints at a thing, mm-hmm. a major thing about a major character. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think the fact that he was interested in the political factions yes. makes me think that he is going to get into the galactic politics. Exactly, exactly. And I think... This this galaxy needs those politics on the big screen again. And yeah. we talked mm-hmm. about them clearly in Force Awakens. I say clearly like I was in the writer's room like an idiot. <laughs> um, we got Lawrence Kasdan didn't want it. Um, <laughs> but it seems like they shied away from it. And there was a lot more. And you try to have, you kind of had to play catch up with Hosnian Prime and what was going on there. I talk about the, the glimpse of Corsella and why she yeah. was sent there by Leia. Um, and Corsella is, of course, in Bloodline. And it all starts to... It's politics done right in Bloodline, and I know you talked about it uh, on on even uh, Jedi Council again. Yeah. More about politics, it's it's important. It's it's a real thing in this galaxy that's supposed to be lived in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, I think w- without spoiling anything for Bloodline, one of the cool things is is it's this debate between the two sides who want to have more control, and obviously we have that in the First Order. The other side was a little bit more like, hey, planets' rights, like each planet can just kind of take care of itself, and that might be a really interesting way to go for. If both the Resistance and the First Order need things, Mm -hmm. and every planet has basically been like, nope, we're shutting down. We're closing off borders. We're going to decide. We'll trade within our system, but everybody else, F off. Mm -hmm. Every government ever falls apart, so planets are just going to take care of themselves. Yeah. You know, so maybe an adventure is... Finn needs to get something from a planet that's just hostile to the Resistance. And in talking with Star Wars fans who are above the casual level, but maybe not to our degree where we have Endor shirts uh, that we <laughs> track down. Um, but to our level, I was talking just to my guy today at the comic shop down Earth 2 in Northridge, and we were talking about it. And uh, he he was like, I, I want to know, because I, I don't understand the New Republic and the Resistance in the first. I don't get it. Mm. I want to know. I want to know what happened. I was like, you got to read Bloodline, number one. <laughs> yeah. um, but two, it showed to me that the fans are ready for that or can accept that, where we don't need to run away. Yeah, we don't need trade federations and maybe Senate meetings and all those. We don't be bogged down. Yeah. But look at Winter Soldier in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which is a political kind of thriller to me. It's an old 70s kind of thriller movie. Absolutely. And that works so well. You can do it here. It's not going to be the major storyline, of course. Yeah. That's going to be Ray and her mother having a picnic with Luke, but. <laughs> um, I, I I think we're ready for that. It makes yeah. sense now. No, I, I totally agree. And I mean, if you look at even the original trilogy and Return of the Jedi mm-hmm. and George's kind of commentary about the Vietnam War, yeah. you know, so politics has been an integral part of Star Wars. I think it's just some people have a little hesitation because of the prequels, but I sure. think that it can be done right. And I think 
it is being done right, right currently in the books. Absolutely. And and the other note here in this Boyega story, it gives a did you talk about this yet or did I miss <gasps> Ooh, it? Yeah, yes, yeah, okay. Hit so the, I want to get to that. Uh, yeah, yeah it's so juicy. The, the reporter also asked about the potential budding romance between Finn and Ray. Uh, John Boyega made it clear that the two are just friends, both off screen and on, uh, and that Finn is a stormtrooper, so he's kind of clueless when it comes to the whole romance thing. Okay, now here's what I found to be really interesting. He said, quote, so the romance thing is something that's going to be interesting in the next installment. It's not going to go the way you think it's going to go, hmm. end quote. Yeah. Does this mean the yeah. shippers are going to get their wish? <laughs> I want it to be true, but I don't believe. No, I don't uh, so. Yeah, I, I, I would. So. I would be happy to see uh, Finn and Poe if they wanted to go in that direction. But my guess is that. Well, A, just taking a quick step back, I think that's a dumb question from the reporter because I think The, the <laughs> yeah. Force Awakens, it's really clear there's not a romance. Sure. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, really, really clearly like sibling-type yeah. relationship. I think uh, Kelly Marie Tran, whatever character yes. she's playing, is going to be a romantic interest for Finn. Oh. Yeah. And I think there's a possibility that we will just kind of have a drive-by acknowledgement that Poe is gay. Mm. Right. So that we will get that representation in Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that Finn is going to have a romance with Kelly Marie Tran. Wow. All that makes sense, yeah. Yes. And And um, I, I was intrigued by reading, that, like, the, the, the clickbait type of thing on this. Yeah. Like, oh, Ray and Finn. No, no, that makes sense. Yep, yeah, it makes sense it's not. Yeah. Um, but I'd let you, you and I talk, Joseph, Star Wars needs romance just as much as it needs politics. So a big part of Empire in particular. It oh, needs right. to be something. And if Boyega's character, Finn, is out and about in the galaxy, which might be the case after his recovery... Um, it would make sense that some sweeping romance might happen along the way. Yeah. And uh, there seemed to be, I saw another thing where he's very, uh, very uh, uh, appreciative or, or praising the performance of, uh, what's her name, Kelly? Kelly Marie Tran. Kelly Marie oh. Tran. Where he was kind of praising her performance. That kind of, I was reading into that a little bit. Oh, I think you guys are so right. And I really feel like his character and, and as an actor, I would love to see that storyline with him. I think he's going to make it so fun and exciting to watch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought maybe Kylo Ren and uh, Ray might have something. The differences <laughs> will bring them together. Yeah, he just he does noob humor so well. Yeah, of the like, I don't does. know where I am. I'm a fish out of water. Yes. Uh, he he did that really really well. Some jokes that could have just been kind of flat and mm-hmm. obvious if they weren't played really well, which he played them so well in The Force Awakens, so I'm thrilled to see him do more. The way you said it of he didn't learn about this stuff when he was a stormtrooper. Yeah. I want to see that fan fiction now <laughs> of Captain Phasma sitting young stormtroopers <laughs> down and giving them just a really short, cruel birds in the bees speech. Oh my goodness. It's, it's kind of like in the NFL, they'll sit rookie players down and talk about, hey, don't, you know, be careful these fans you meet in the hotel lobbies, <laughs> do all this kind of stuff. Yeah. Right. Uh, maybe that's what they were stormtroopers. Like, oh, but, they, but it's in the funny. other direction where yeah. it's just like, uh, you know, sex will lead to death. You will not be in full concentration mode. I got to think it's got to be something like that. Oh, they, I think they want to shut down those. Oh, yeah, things. absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Sex so, doesn't exist. It's a no. myth like the Jedi. Just like your name. It doesn't exist. <laughs> just like the Jedi. I can totally see this. It's just him kind of clueless about the yeah. fact that she's into him. And oh, yeah, I would like to see the romance where she or her, her, her character leads it. Exactly. Yeah. Where she's going, let me tell you how it goes. Yeah. Oh, I, and yeah. I think that makes a ton of sense. Oh, my gosh. That is exciting. Um, so now moving on to something, well, 
little bit, not, I wouldn't say sad, but it is, hmm. Uh, it looks like we won't be getting a book about the making of The Force Awakens anytime soon. J.W. Rinsler, author of all the making of Star Wars books, exclusively revealed to StarWarsNews.net that he did, in fact, do a manuscript of The Making of The Force Awakens with Mark Vaz. Unfortunately, the book has been delayed, and as of December 31st, Rinsler no longer works at Lucasfilm, so he has no idea when the book will come out. He did share that he talked with George Lucas prior to him selling uh, Lucasfilm to Disney, and George told him about what his original intentions were for episodes 7, 8, and 9. So all Rinsler could say was that when the book comes out, and if it's the manuscript that him and uh, Mark wrote, Fans will learn a lot more about George's original storyline. Life is made up of many gorgeous moments. Cherish them all, big and small, with Blue Nile. Whether it's for yourself or a loved one, Blue Nile's unrivaled selection of expertly crafted fine jewelry and statement pieces help make all your moments sparkle. Blue Nile's experts are on hand to guide you, and their diamond guarantee ensures you get the highest quality at the best price. Celebrate a life well lived in the most radiant way and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash boast. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to health care, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Do you guys think the book is ever going to be released? I want it all now. Yeah. <laughs> I, ha- I do. I have chills. Yeah. I want to know George's ideas so much. And I don't think that Disney is going to put them out until after this trilogy yeah. is complete. I think you're right. I absolutely think you're right. And I want it out now. I want to know because I wonder if there'll be some sort of George justification in society where they'll be like, look, man, mm. George had it. 
which yeah. is new Disney, and I love Force Awakens. Um, I'm, I'm happy on the path they are, but wouldn't it be something if you read it and go, wow, mm-hmm. yeah. that's a story I want to hear. I think they made a really strong effort, and they didn't lie about it, to make sure that fans were happy. And I think yeah. right. hewing closer to A New Hope and having really some specific beats, I don't have a problem with, mm-hmm. but I think it was a very conscious choice. And I think Georgia's ideas might sound bizarre and exciting. Right. Uh, yeah, in the wrong way. They, wrong way. They, they're mm-hmm. going to be bizarre. They're just going yeah. to be bizarre because they're George <laughs> Lucas and things make sense to him in a different way. And the question is, are they bizarre in an exciting way or they're bizarre in a, the hell do you mean <laughs> that Luke has a blue milk stand and that, you know, like whatever, you know. <laughs> Luke with his blue milk stand. Oh Can someone draw that? Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, yeah, I... Um, God, all that excites me, Jennifer. Right? I, I, I want to hear this story. I know me you too. do, too. Yeah. I, I want to get the behind-the-scenes look that I think some of us were hoping we would get mm-hmm. uh, with the, the Blu-ray. Um, but I, yeah. I just feel like they're not going to release it for that very reason, where people might be like, hey, we want to hear those stories. You yeah. know, they want to have complete control, rightfully so. Um, I just think that it's, it's going to be a while, or if it is released, it's going to be a, a very different version. Uh, yeah. I think it'll be like what's on the Blu-ray, which only hints at people's worries or fears instead of going into, like, how big? How did you resolve them? Right. What In your minds, how did this almost go off the rails? And I don't mm-hmm. think they're going to share that anytime soon. Yeah, I don't. I think the story's going to have to come from an outside source. Yeah. Uh, Chris Taylor, I'm looking at you. Ooh, <laughs> at yeah. Future Boy. Follow him on Twitter if you don't. Tell him uh, Force Center wants him to pick up this mantle and tell the story of the true making. Do the it. true story of The Force Awakens. Because <laughs> you just know there's so much there. And the documentary on the Blu-ray was somewhat disappointing to me, I, I have to say. I, I enjoyed it. It was good. but yeah. And it hinted at some things. But mm-hmm. the fact that you couldn't even address Han Solo's... Broken leg. Right. Um, yeah. Which I get. Harrison maybe didn't want to talk about it. I get it. Mm-hmm. But that's because it's your Lucasfilm and your Disney you're doing the story. Someone's going to have to tell the story from the outside. I'm sure it will be a fascinating story. I love those kind of books. Uh, my favorite one of my favorite books of all time is The Late Shift, the story of the, the Letterman, Leno, Carson, oh, Late yeah. Night Wars. That's the kind of stuff I love. I love reading the true behind the scenes of, of creative people. The struggles, the arguments, the fires. And the joy of creating something so big and immense. Uh, the story needs to be told somehow. Come hell or high water, we'll, we'll get it out. We'll get it out there. Um, so speaking of hopes and dreams, Kate Blanchett said that she wouldn't mind a part in a new Star Wars film. <laughs> While promoting her latest film, the Australian actress. I didn't realize she was Australian. Um, She's so good. You just right? don't know. <laughs> I thought she was British yeah. this whole time. Uh, told the Irish Sun that J.J. Abrams is a gifted creator, and she would certainly be game, but it would have to be on the to location of Skellig Michael. So, <laughs> I don't know if that's going to happen, uh, but what kind of character would you guys like to see her play? I just like that she basically wants to be in a deleted scene that happens at the end of Force Awakens, <laughs> still directed by J.J. Abrams. Right, yeah, right. Yeah, like that would really change our understanding. If Luke actually wasn't alone, like, ooh, Kate Blanchett's actually right around this rock. <laughs> Hanging out with me. Like Luke was, they just got in an argument and Luke was out and then Ray shows up and then he, he turns around, <sighs> grabs a lightsaber and then around the corner here, Luke, I'm sorry. Okay. Can we go have dinner? Yeah. I've, oh, hi. Who are you? Let's go commune with the force. Oh my gosh. I would love uh, Kate Blanchett in the Star Wars universe. I don't think anyone wouldn't. She's right. so great. And uh, what she did in Lord of the Rings is still amazing. Um, and I know you guys talked about it on the council a little yeah. bit here. So I got, I got to hear some of your thoughts. We can we can uh, bring them up here again. But for me, yeah, put her in. Um, a Mon Mothma type. Mm. 
uh, if not Mon Mothma herself. Yeah. I, though I'm gr- very happy they got the actress for the prequels. Uh, yeah, the, the she's amazing. Um, yeah, but a Mon Mothma type, someone set in the future by episode nine, mm. you know, some kind of new leader in the galaxy. And hey, make her evil. I don't care. Make her raise yeah. mother and raise mother as a Sith. I don't care. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> that she would immediately bring some depth to that. And that'd be great. She is such a fantastic actress. And naturally, I kind of went the same way as you did. Mm. Or, of course, like even, you know, a Jedi Master. But then I thought of her performance in Blue Jasmine and how unhinged Mm. she was. And I Mm. thought, oh, she would be so brilliant as a Sith-type character, part Mm. of the dark side. And I just would love to see that. I don't know if it'll ever happen, but, you know. Yeah. Why not? Yeah, I, and I, I've had time to refine my fantasies sure. uh, since I, I spoke <laughs> on Glider Jedi Council. Uh, and there I had said, like, oh, maybe she, she could be like a grizzled bounty hunter to, you know, cast right. against type. Right. Or I, I, my big pitch was why she could be a love interest for Obi-Wan Kenobi. Oh, Because yes. I just want the Obi-Wan Kenobi yep. movies. I know <laughs> you do, Ken. <laughs> yep. Uh, but now I'm thinking... Yeah, she is uh, a relation, or in fact, Satine brought back to life. Mm. Oh. And she's a Mandalorian, a fierce Mandalorian, Ooh. who has a relationship to Obi-Wan somehow. I can dig, I can dig. Yeah, I that's can. what I want. We uh, we need to get that Obi-Wan movie, man. Yeah. We, we got the, I gotta bring up the hashtags. What yeah, you, yeah, we need to decide on a hashtag yeah. so we can really put our backs behind I'm it. I'm gonna put it out here on, uh, you, guys, you guys discuss for a second, Kate Blanchett. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna find <laughs> this here. I gotta, I gotta dig this up. Oh, yeah, l- Let me ask you, because I, I don't think I've heard your opinion. How strongly do you want an Obi-Wan Kenobi movie, or can you take or leave it, Jennifer? No, I, you've really made the case, and I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm on board now. At first I thought, eh, I don't know, and then I think I saw Ewan McGregor in an interview, and I just thought, you know, he is such another excellent talent. This is the moment. Yeah. Now is the time to make it. If if we let too much time pass, it's not going to be right anymore. We'll have kind of missed this window where we could see Obi-Wan in his prime. I think that ju- that would just be such a... And the fans want it. Yeah. Just give us what we want. Oh, we want it. We want it. Yeah, and if they're making different kind of genre movies, his uh, condition there on Tatooine opens him up to so many different styles. This you know? is what I love. Yeah. It could be a Western. It could be like an almost an indie art film. He could spend half the time just meditating and seeing cool things in the forest. I would right. love to see that. A totally different tone for the Star Wars uh, film. Yeah, it could have All like right. a swashbucking pirate feel, you know. Hmm. There's a ton of different ways you could go with it. So what what this is on Spotlight Star Wars, I wanted to start an official hashtag campaign because Ewan McGregor said he won't be cam- campaigning for an Obi-Wan movie because he just didn't feel it was proper because he's a gentleman. <laughs> and I respect that. So it's up to us, the annoying fans, to start <laughs> something. So we, we put it out there and there was a lot of great suggestions, including the hashtag now and the hashtag Obi-Wan, uh, which I thought was great. <laughs> oh my uh, but Chris, awesome. Chris Whitehead... Uh, came up with hashtag Kenobi story and then Dave Donovan uh, at David 75 Donovan said uh, how about hashtag give us Kenobi which I think is simple and to the point Very yeah to the point Kenobi story is great too so I don't know we're, we're, we're gonna decide by next week's spotlight Star Wars I don't know what you guys think or maybe there's something else we can throw in there we got to get this going <laughs> I like I like, like Obi want. But I, I am afraid that its great humor will undermine the seriousness of our message. <laughs> yeah. So right. what was that? Uh, give us give Kenobi. Us Kenobi. Give, give us Kenobi and uh, Kenobi story. You know what? Unlike Obi-Wan Kenobi himself, I think we need to be direct and clear in our communication. So <laughs> I vote for give us Kenobi. Me okay? too. I okay. like it. So I that's like two it. votes there. Yeah, because, yeah. you know, you see that trending on Twitter. You know what it means. You know what it is. So uh, you guys can continue to vote on uh, using the hashtag Spotlight Star Wars and use the hashtag you want. Hashtag Kenobi Story or hashtag Give Us 
Kenobi. And next Saturday on uh, Spotlight Star Wars, we will announce it and we will launch our campaign to annoy Lucasfilm yes. into making this movie. Half my tweets will now be <laughs> under whatever hashtag we get. And, you know, also if you make, like, memes, pictures are really helpful to get this, yes. this oh, campaign yeah. going because there has been a new campaign started that I am spearheading mm. uh, <laughs> for a Luke Skywalker film. Oh. It all started with a photo on Instagram of Sebastian Stan, who plays Bucky from mm. Civil War. His face was photoshopped um, onto Mark Hamill's body and, and haircut, if you will, <laughs> from A New Hope. The resemblance was striking. It's and basically Bucky with the good hair. Yeah. It was incredible because the news spread and people were like, Disney, give us this Luke Skywalker film. Uh, and actually, Sebastian Stan revealed that he did audition for Star Wars, uh, I'm assuming The uh, Force Awakens, I think, four times. Uh, but he wasn't sure what role it was for at the time, but obviously he didn't get it, mm. so he said it was meant to be. Now, I hate to be a downer, yeah. Because I discovered that this photoshopped photo yeah. was not photoshopped. It was actually a morphine, a face yeah. morph okay. of Mark Hamill and Sebastian Stan. Okay. So the real Photoshop image is it's, uh, it's know, solid. Kind of similar. Yeah, it's yeah, similar, but it's not the same like punch. Okay. That changes my thought on no. it. Right? I saw the picture and thought, well, we need a we need a movie now you between just do Empire this. and yeah. Jedi. Yeah. <laughs> oh, between oh, Empire oh, and Jedi. Oh, like, give us something between oh, Empire and Jedi. Oh, interesting. See, uh, I because Sebastian Stan just he carries a little bit more darkness yes. with him just in mood and energy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would love to see a little bit after Jedi when Luke is just trying to decide what the hell to do. That's what I want to say. That too. I vote for that second. <laughs> maybe both. Maybe <laughs> we get both. Since we're just deciding. Maybe it's yeah. a neutral. Trilogy, yeah. the Luke Skywalker trilogy. Oh All right, uh, he is uh, coming out of Empire. He uh, just discovered his dad is Darth Vader. Mm. He's struggling around. He's got to go from the gray suit to the black suit. He's got to learn to build that lightsaber. Maybe the movie ends with him finally. We get that scene reshot right. of him building the lightsaber and Whoa. sending the droids off to Jabba's palace. Then you pick up after the events of Jedi, written by Joseph Scrimshaw. <laughs> we got we got Luke, uh, you know, going on, and 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 we put these up on movies. I don't care if there's book or comics that have dealt with this, all right? Even in the new canon. It doesn't matter. Get this on screen. I think we can do this. And the third one, when it's a little bit older, is about Luke uh, and what happens when uh, the Knights of Ren turn on him. Yeah. And we get that stuff there. We get that there. Little put a little beard on him, age him up a little bit. Yeah. Good to go. Oh yeah, I think it's Luke Skywalker trilogy. Go picture. Done. Let's green light it now. We just need a hashtag, and then I'll do it. Yeah, I'll have to come up with something for that. But I was really excited. I love Luke Skywalker. My only hesitation is, see, and that's where I guess you're saying, after Jedi, it makes sense because that energy that he has is kind of dark. Sure. I don't know if he can do the kind of aw shucks good boy that Mark mm-hmm. Hamill just that oh that essence that he has it's tough to capture. yeah yeah just sort of uh, sincerity and yeah. kindness even when he is conflicted himself right right I don't know maybe he has it in him but just, Sebastian stands great so yeah just a Tatooine farm boy yeah trying to find his way in the galaxy I like it <laughs> Yeah, so speaking of good and bad in the world of Star Wars video games, Mm -hmm. which leads us to our main discussion here. Yeah. Uh, Let's start with the bad. Disney has officially canceled Disney Infinity, shut down developer Avalanche Software, stopped its toy production, and basically put an end to their own gaming division. 
Is this bad news? Um, I think that there's a lot of fans of the Disney Infinity game, right? My, my friend and his nine-year-old daughter, she's upset. His pocketbook's not. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> there, yeah, there was the quote uh, from, I think it was Igor, uh, uh, that uh, they had, it, the risk caught up with them. Mm, yeah. yeah. And exactly. I feel like the expenditure of trying to make people have to buy the figures in order to play was flying yeah. too close to the sun. Right. Really was. It looked good. I used to watch uh, my friend's daughter, uh, Paige, would play the other ones before Star Wars ones came out. And I was, I felt so old. Because mm. here at the time, it was like the six-year-old girl. Like, oh, you put the figure here, and then the figure comes up, and then I can walk around, and then I can get another <laughs> figure, and then the figure can go around. And I'm just like, what is happening here? Yeah. And I'm like, where's the remote control? No, it's me. It reads me, and I'm walking around in the video game, because then I got another character. I'm like, well, okay. Uh, I would have, as a kid, enjoyed that as Star Wars. It's definitely cool, but uh, it doesn't affect me, but it might affect others. Uh, and uh, it was another fun thing to collect. I get it. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly what you said, Joseph. They they overproduced figures. Specifically, okay. it was like a Hulk figure that they, they thought oh, they were going to sell. Hulk smashed? I, yeah. I guess they bet, on, they bet big on him, and they made two million figures, and they only sold one. So that's... One million one or just million. one? <laughs> they sold one. Who oh, no. knows? Mark Ruffalo oh, walking into the store buying the one Hulk <laughs> figure. My Hulk figure. One million. One okay, million. Wow. So, so they lost they lost a lot of money on that. And that means a couple of years from now on eBay, you're gonna at thirty five cents those figures are gonna yeah. go. So there's gonna be a lot laying about. I am bummed out for the people who really liked it, be they nine or ninety. I yeah. think most of them were probably nine years old. Right. But I think I am happy having grown up around the time when like comic books became like all crossover. So if you want to know what's going on, you had to collect them all and things like Pokemon and everything that has the manipulation of you got to buy it all in order to get any of it. Mm. Right. I'm glad that to see that the people can still resist that from Mm. corporate world when when they come up with a concept that's like it's Star Wars. You'll. Do and buy anything Star Wars, it's nice to know that there's still a line where we, as the people, as the consumers, can still say, no, we didn't actually need this. Mm. And you can't just force it on us when it's such a manipulative thing like this. Right. Right. There's a lot of wasted BB-8 oranges around. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Um, That's that's it. But so, say la vie, Infinity. Yeah. We hardly knew you. Yeah. And so, basically, one of the biggest problems, too, was that there was internal competition because of Star Wars Battlefront. They were, like, basically Mm. competing with themselves. Okay, gotcha. Supposedly, according to this source, they they assumed that the audience would be very different that liked Mm. Battlefront versus Disney Infinity. When in actuality, it was a very broad audience that bought into Star Wars Battlefront because it is so easy to play. It's a very right. simplified design. Yeah. So, well, speaking of Star Wars Battlefront, uh, there is going to be a Star Wars Battlefront 2. EA has confirmed that in 2017, we will see a new Star Wars Battlefront with bigger and better worlds. And that the game will also have content based on the new movies. That's great. I need that. Yeah. I want that. <laughs> right. I've unvest, invested a lot of money into Battlefront right now. Yeah. Uh, I'm into it for nearly $200. Um, when you when you buy all the packs and expansions and then you sign up for PlayStation yeah. you know, Plus, which I have. Plus and, yeah. and be able to do all that stuff. So uh, I'm a, I wouldn't mind if they just said it's another $10 and you can download something here to go out and get another game. Uh, I can understand some people being upset with that. Right. Uh, and I'm going to buy it begrudgingly, but I will buy it. 
but I love the game so much, and I've had so much fun. I was playing it again last night. I was telling you guys off air. I was roaming around Jabba's Palace, which is part of the new Outer Rim expansion pack. So cool. And you get to see the dead Rancor sitting there, and you get to <laughs> walk around Jabba's Palace and go to little side little side chambers that you don't get to see in the movies and books that are canon because this was designed by people who were like, make this like the movies and make it as it should. So I now know there was a little sitting room with a hookah bar in Jabba's Palace. <laughs> and I'm excited about that. I'm having a lot of fun with the game. Is it repetitive? Yes. Do I wish there were some more mission levels and more stuff for one-player action? Absolutely. Mm. And it sounds like that might come, so I'm excited for Battlefront 2, but wary of the price tag. Right, exactly. I was kind of surprised by that as well. I, mm. I was actually, when I played the beta version of it, I thought, oh, I want to see I want to see other things like Jabba's mm. Palace. I want to see a Rancor. I want to see Ewoks. And thankfully, with the official version, we, yeah. we get that. So that's great. Uh, yeah. The CFO also announced that there will be a new Star Wars video game every year for the next three to four years. That is exciting. <laughs> yes, it is. It's very exciting. It's very exciting. Uh, uh, means I, what am I going to do with Battlefront then? What am I going to well, do? I think it means that maybe they have, maybe they meant Infinity to be the sort of vanilla Star Wars experience mm. of just this is the straightforward, right down the line, easy controls, walk around, hit people, shoot things. Right. And they realized, well, we, we kind of have that in Battlefront. It's not too complex. Yeah. We can keep adding on to it, which makes me feel like if they're going to keep releasing new games, then those games are going to get crazier, weirder, right. and more interesting. Right. And, and when, like when Battlefront came out, the new versions, and they didn't have stuff from the other movies, mm-hmm. whether they had nothing from Force Awakens, nothing from the prequels. I was upset a little bit with people, but then I was like, oh, wait, that's because I'm going to have to pay for more of it <laughs> later. Right. Exactly. I see what they're doing. So <laughs> it's definitely that stuff's needed. Battlefront's great, and as far as one game a year, that's exciting because video games have improved so much uh, since when this started back in the early 80s, and we're going to talk about that here in a second. Uh, I, that That's intriguing to me right. that I can still get lost and maybe I can get really, really lost in, in a world uh, with a controller in my hand, or yeah. maybe not, maybe standing in my room with some VR uh, <laughs> technology or something like that. Just riding in our self-driving cars. Right. Flying so, around Jakku in our minds. So let's talk about video games. Yeah. Guys. That's the news, Jennifer. We appreciate the news. Nothing that I'm leaving off the table, right? No. no one no. last tidbit that can be relevant yeah. to our discussion is that he also announced that Visceral's game is mm. going to be released in 2017. Now, that particular game mm. is, uh, I believe, Amy Hennig. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's a creative director, and she was a creative director for Uncharted. So her uh, and Todd Stashwick mm. are co-writing it. So I think we're, with this game, we're going to be seeing more of a narrative, more nice. of being able to explore yes. a world going, you know, single player, right. um, like uh, Nathan Drake's character. Okay. Now you got me excited. Yep. You got me locked in. And guys, today on Force Center, our main topic that we wanted to dive into is Star Wars video games. It's a topic that always comes up on whatever Star Wars show is going on. At some <laughs> point, you got to turn your eye to the video games so on Force Center. We're doing that here, and we want to talk about some of our favorites in the past, what makes a good one, what kind of games we want in the future. So I think to begin, we should talk about our favorites from the past. What distracted us from real life (laughs) at what point? Joseph, I know you like a good video game. Oh, I do like a good video game. This is cathartic to have this conversation because I have realized uh, that I have borderline video game addiction problems if I start 
I don't stop, so I still have my Can't old stop. systems Won't stop. <laughs> here in my apartment that I have not hooked. Oh, They're under my television, and I haven't hooked them up oh, since wow. I moved to Los Angeles over two years ago, and I am starting to go through withdrawals. Like, if mm. I see a crate on the street, I want to break it open <laughs> and see if there's any bonuses in there. Oh, like, uh, yeah, I need to play a video game soon, and, and I think I want it to be Star Wars of some kind. Uh, in the past, uh, I, got, I played Dark Forces back in the day. Okay. Uh, which was, I never actually finished because it was around the dawn of the internet and there was a jump that I could not figure out how I could possibly make. And it didn't occur to me until years later <laughs> to look it up, to look it up <laughs> on the internet. Uh, so I never actually finished Dark Forces, but I love that. <laughs> Talked a lot about the, I had two weird PlayStation, I had a lot of actually uh, Star Wars games for the PlayStation 1, and not all of them were great. Uh, right. I, I've talked about before the Phantom Menace game where you played through the narrative. Oh, yeah. And it was not like well designed, it was clunky, but it was hilarious. That's yeah. the one where we found out that Team Toe Peglius, our pod racing friend, was a just horrible little drunk, <laughs> and I loved it. Uh, there was one called Jedi Power Battles which was yeah. actually a pretty well-made video game where you could play as any number of Jedi. You could be Obi-Wan, you could be Qui-Gon, you could be Mace Windu, you could be Adi Agalia, mm-hmm. and they all had different colored lightsabers because this was before George sure. had decided Whoops. blue and green. And no, okay, you yeah. know, he, he can have the purple one because yes. otherwise <laughs> he's going to call me an MFR. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so that was really, really fun, and you could unlock advanced moves and one of the ones you could do is in phantom menace obi-wan does the cool spinny and then stabs a battle droid from behind yes and you could do that so i spent hours just trying to set up the exact right scenario so i could (laughs) stab a random goon on coruscant just kill a random rodian and you know when you finally do it it looks cool but after you've been trying for 15 minutes (laughs) doesn't look that cool doesn't look that cool uh but my, my, I think my favorite Star Wars gaming experience has been the Rogue Squadron games. Mm. Okay. Yeah, uh, very popular. The, yeah, they're incredibly... The original one, uh, which was for the N64, was mm-hmm. really well made. It got into some of the backstory. You learned that Crix Maydeen was actually a defector. Right. One of your missions was to get the defector, Crix Maydeen. Yeah. Uh, when you shot the actual little people who were running on the ground, they would blow up, too. Which was one of my favorite. Right. There's actual little explosion. Um, And then the rogue leader for the Nintendo GameCube. Right. Especially the attack on the Death Star. That was Mm. one of the most immersive games I've ever had. So that's a little bit of my overview of what I've liked in the past. And it's going a certain style, certain way. Jennifer, what have you lost? That's impressive. What have you lost yourself in? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Definitely Shadows of the Empire. I Ah, played hours of that, and it was delightful. Nintendo 64 Nintendo 64. version yeah. of PC? Okay, no, 64. Nintendo 64, and that, mm-hmm. that battle on Hoth uh, was just, it was like nothing I had ever experienced before. Absolutely. That game came out in 96, and that was yeah. the first time we really got to experience a, a, a Star Wars game in that area. Like, you're, you're flying around the walkers. Yeah. You yeah. got the tow cables. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it was the advent uh, of really 3D for a lot of people. Yeah. Like, I played the side-scrollers for the original sure. NES yeah, and, and you knew those were not amazing games, but Shadows of the Empire, you were there. Yeah, the graphics at that time were so incredible, you know? Mm-hmm. You really felt like you were immersed in this world. So that, for me, was, I think, the biggest one. Um, I also played The Force Unleashed, mm-hmm. which was on, a, I think, believe it was PlayStation, which yeah, I thought was too. pretty good. I don't know. I didn't really do much 
for me. I know that I mean I read the comics and whatnot, right? But uh, I know a lot of people liked it. But for me, I don't know. Maybe it was because I was too busy with, <laughs> with other things. Yeah, yeah. But I love I love video games so much. It was a huge part of my my childhood growing up. Um, and also, what was that one? Mm. Was it the Star Wars Connect? Do you guys remember this? Oh yeah, where like it was so ridiculous. Han was dancing. Oh right, it, it was that? it yes. was like right around the same time as where we fit based. You know, briefly made it seem like we were going to get healthy as a society, and then we were like, <laughs> nope. <laughs> like we fit and connect. Like maybe we all move around. Like no, no, we oh, won't. No, we God. won't. We will you're, sit down. You're just flashing me back to a Christmas where I spent hundreds of dollars on my uh, that stuff for my ex girlfriend, and it didn't uh, <laughs> did not work. It oh, didn't work. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. The Wii U. Yeah, the, I like love the motion control, the <laughs> controller, and I expected that to you know become the great Star Wars game where you could actually sure. move the lightsaber, and that, it never right, happened. It never happened. Maybe it will mm. come with VR and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, I hope so. I mean. One would hope. We but yeah, that was that just kind of ridiculous grab bag play, silly yeah. mini games. Yeah. It was so ridiculous. Yeah. Him dancing, you know, boogieing down. I remember there was remember an that? outrage. There was an outrage. It was an outrage. And you yeah. can go online, and I love taking gifs or gifs or whatever from yeah. that because he's just having so much fun. I mean, yeah. It was, it's I remember so that. It was just like, I mean, we had, as Star Wars fans had a right to turn our nose up in the air again. <laughs> yeah, because like, yeah, the dream of motion control had died then. <laughs> yeah. And in that moment, <laughs> as Han yeah. danced on Bespin. We're it was a how dare you, sir, situation. What, <laughs> J- Jennifer, what is your first, the first Star Wars game you remember really gravitating to? I mean, was it Shadows? We, yeah, probably Shadows, but I, that was the, the home console yeah. stuff. I mean, there was like the arcade one, yes. right? Gosh, yes. I yeah. recently played that not too long ago, and yep. it was it's still fun. I mean, the graphics are... It's its amazing, and that actually, for me, is my first memory. It's going to the arcade in Pismo Beach, California, uh, and uh, putting in some uh, well-earned allowance money and trying to find both the original, the Star Wars one, where you're, you're a bunch of polygons taken on the Death Star. <laughs> right, right. Um, yeah. And I recently had a chance to play that in Las Vegas at the Pinball Museum. Oh. It's this nondescript building in the part of town where you're not sure you should be, and there's a printed out banner. There's not even a sign on the building. It just says a banner says pinballs, pinball museum, and you're like, okay. And then it's a bunch of arcade games, and you have that one. And I had this was last year, and I lost an afternoon just t- trench running the Death Star. So fun, <laughs> good. But one that was even better. It's, it's somehow not talked about as much because there's so many memories. I think of that our first arcade game is the Return of the Jedi one. Wait, what? There was a Return of the Jedi one that had multi levels. The graphics were way better. Yeah. It was colorful. You could be on Endor. Oh my! And you were on gosh. a speeder bike. You would you Millennium Falcon going through the Death Star, uh, and you had to you know move around the inside of the Death Star and not get hit. It's kind of a Side scroller type of game, of course, and it was great. And you couldn't find it as much. It was yeah. it was not as available uh, when. So in my my youth, I had to go really really find. I didn't have one in my town, and I have to stumble in one like a pizza joint or something, <laughs> and then and then throw a you know quarters in there until until my eyeballs came out. But uh, that one doesn't get talked about as much as the first Star Wars. Yeah, I don't think yeah. it was around anywhere near as much. And even the Star Wars one mm-hmm. was a little hard to find yep. in the Midwest yeah. because mm-hmm. it was always a little bit bigger, and you had to go to an arcade, and it wasn't in just like a pizza place right you yeah, know it's a big game i mean uh, like physically, physically yeah. yeah right mm-hmm. right so those ones i loved the atari mm. in 83 i didn't have it but i had friends so i got the chance to kind of side scroll with two bits not maybe probably one bit uh <laughs> going on a walker thing i loved that but early the one that gravitated uh i gravitated to early was on the pc was tie fighter mm. uh, right i love tie fighter 
Didn't play the X-Wing ones because I didn't want to be a rebel. I wanted to be an Imperial. <laughs> I wanted to fly a TIE Interceptor around. And you got to do some cool missions. Uh, and I lost an afternoon in that, like an eight-hour, you know, it's 10 a.m. <laughs> hour my mom saying you need to eat food. I miss um, those days. That Shadows of the Empire is an interesting one because I loved it. But I didn't go in, in depth into it. There's things I don't remember much about the game. Yeah, Prince right. Zizor, IG-88, I get all that. Get Dash Rendar. But there's people that this is the game. Right. Um. I didn't dive into it in that degree. I just, I think I was not good at video games at the time, so I had trouble getting out of Hoth. <laughs> so that might have been my problem. I think Hoth is a problem in video games, in Star yeah. Wars video games. In terms of what we want in video games, I never want to take another at-at down again. <laughs> what? Joseph. Because I've done it in so many different video games, and because they have tried from so early on to yeah. figure out how to make you loop in a game that is not, yeah. like, science physics-wise, the engine is not well-developed for looping. Mm. So every game, you have to relearn how to loop around the damn legs. I agree. My favorite uh, mission on Battlefront right now is Walker Assault. I love So that I battle. love taking down the walkers, but I never, I tried once in the snow speeder and was like, nuts to that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We're going on the ground. I'm going to take it out oh. with ion torpedoes because there's, I, I agree with you. I just don't have the dexterity, maybe. The video game might struggle in its own engine, but I don't have, I get lost. I'm like flying, my snow speeder's hitting the ground. I can't do it. I never have been able to do it. I struggled really? in Shadows of the Empire. The oh. original Rogue Squadron from N64, like, yeah, Shadows was really difficult. And then the, the one from N64 was incredibly difficult. And I had trained myself to do it well. And then years later, my nephew was playing it. And it's like, can you help me, Uncle Joseph? He's like, yes, I can. Like, God damn it. No, I can't. Because I, I now know how to loop in three other Star Wars video games. And I've forgotten how to do it in this specific video yeah. game. Oh, my God. It made me disappoint my nephew. In yeah. A few ways I can help him. So it's I, such a wonderful feeling. It is I've when been it able works. To do it but in it's, Battlefront, and it's like, oh my gosh, yeah, I did it! Yeah, I've got. I'm never going to get that trophy. Oh. I'm never going to be able to. No, in Rogue Leader uh, for GameCube, it's really fun, and yeah. I wanted to bring that up in particular because yeah. you're doing it not on Hoth. You're doing it on a planet where you're, where the walkers are walking through the water, getting to an island with palm trees. So it is the scene from Rogue One. Oh, from the Rogue One trailer. Because everybody saw that and laughed and was like, ah, mm. I guess the Adats are attacking Los Angeles or Hawaii or whatever. And like, no, mm. it's that scene from Rogue <laughs> Leader in Rogue Squadron 2, Rogue Leader. It's that scene. So Interesting. Cool. I'm going to yeah. have to look that up. And that one's fun because you can, uh, as you're snow speeding, uh, I guess island speeding, uh, around them, you can like buzz the water and get a little, like little spray, oh, and it yeah. looks really beautiful. So like that, that was a taking That's down ad ads that I enjoyed. Um, other, I the first Battlefronts. There's a reason I love Battlefront now is it's very reminiscent. I think they've done a great job of, of capturing a lot of what the original Battlefronts ten years ago did. I love Battlefront Two. I have talked about it before, so I don't need to go into too much detail here. But what I loved about Battlefront Two is you could be on Mustafar, mm. and then they had oh. the Ruminations soundtrack over it or it would pop up in the random play so you had the ruminations uh, song from sith which is a different part of the movie but you're walking around mustafar and it's kind of creepy uh, it's kind of dark cool. and it was the first time because i hadn't met joseph scrimshaw yet <laughs> it's the first time i thought maybe the prequels aren't as bad as i thought because i really dig this wow yeah because yeah, it just hooked you emotionally all that credit goes to battlefront too it was the mm. thing it would make i'm gonna watch i'm gonna watch sith again tonight nice. I, I played it with my roommate, you know, Battlefront walking around, and you were a clone trooper running around, whatever. But just the, the the way it looked and the lava and the sound, it just it 
felt like Star Wars to yeah. me. Yeah. That's great. And I had to give credit to Battlefront, too. I loved Force Unleashed, the first one. second mm. one is a disaster. Rushed. Right. Um, yeah, exactly. Super Rancors, all this kind of stuff. Yeah. A weird story. But I do like the first one. It has a lot there. I think Juno Eclipse and, and Maris Brood are good additions as, as strong female characters to the Star Wars universe. Proxy's an interesting droid that fit. Um, uh, Starkiller... It was a it was a fan service character. Right. Uh, the name we all went he he he, but <laughs> it had the best gameplay, and it felt the first time that I could actually, you know, I was controlling the force and having fun with it. There, mm. I think you can still get better and bigger with it. Yeah. But I got to give that game credit. I did lose some hours in that game too. Mm. So I'm um, sorry you didn't. I took no. all the playtime from you. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. You know, maybe I'll get back into it. There's uh, always a second chance. It was a time in my life, a very particular time in my life. <laughs> so I guess the question that we talked about some of our favorite ones, and there's a lot more to mention. I'm sure you you guys out there have some, so you can always hashtag Force Center and tell us your favorite video games and memories. Um, but um, what makes a good one what makes a star wars game that like what do we want from them what do we need from them and what makes a good one jennifer for me i really want to play something like the last of us or uh, uncharted Ah. or red dead redemption i want that story i want to be able to go on these missions and see all these different worlds immediately i think of star what was it star wars 1313 yes the game we never got the game we never got with the concept art that Mm. looked like blade runner yes the underworld i mean that to me and Mm. there is a chance that they could bring it back or bring it back in a different form i believe kathleen kennedy Mm -hmm. even kind of mentioned that they're not going to throw it out so i'd love to see experience something like that Mm. That's good. And, and we none of us mentioned Knights of the Old Republic. Yeah. I didn't oh, play it. Right, right, right. I, I didn't, didn't play, play it either because it was in one of my windows where I realized my life would fall apart yeah. if I started it. And I agree that that still would happen to me. <laughs> yeah. So I know a lot of you out there probably screaming at your, your iPod, Knights of the Old Republic. We can discuss it, but I, did you play it, Jennifer? I did not. I yeah. signed up for it. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah I, I get their email still, but I did <laughs> not play it. Yeah. So that, that's an open. We'll have to bring in Christian Harloff and he can talk about playing that game for most of his life. Yeah. From um, what I understand, it, it's it's got the power that Jennifer's talking about of the narrative of you right. get invested in these characters, right? Mm. And, and that's that's what I want too. And, and that's what. And so, to you, Joseph, what do you need from a Star Wars game? What do you want from a Star Wars? Game? I want to feel immersed. I want to feel like I'm in Star Wars. I want to feel like it is Star Wars. But mm. I don't think I've ever had, having not played Knights of the Old Republic, that feeling when I first played Ocarina of Time. Mm. And like, not only do I want to complete this mission because I want to win at the game, but like, it felt like I can't eat dinner now. The Gorons need my help. (laughs) I can't let them down because it's good storytelling and emotionally affects you. And I would really, really like that. Mm. I would love, I would love basically a Legend of Zelda ripoff. Oh, where yeah. you have to go from Jedi Temple to Jedi Temple, oh, okay. and then it's a Zelda-like puzzle oh as you're gosh. assaulted by weird Jedi Temple guards and things like that. That's great. I think that's a great answer because it's different. Mine is similar to you, you're, Jennifer. Like I love Red Dead Redemption. I want that for the Star Wars world. My, uh, my friend uh, Jessica was playing uh, Until Dawn, and she was telling me about Until Dawn. It's like a horror video game, and you yeah. have to survive Until Dawn, and you, your choices reflect. And I've just listened. I'm like, I want a Star Wars game like this. Um, so I want that, and Assassin's Creed is another great game sure. that I love the first one. So I definitely want that open world feel. Mm-hmm. But I like what you're talking about, Joseph, because yeah. it's kind of an old school video game feel. Yeah. And even the next Legend of Zelda, they just revealed like, we're going to really break the system. So it probably won't be that go to this dungeon, go to that dungeon. But I do like that 
other people truly need things from you. Yeah. And it's part of the story because it just it really sucks you in. Yeah. So I'd love it if it's something like that that had true emotional weight. But then in the Red Dead Redemption world, it would be great if you could also just be like, mm, screw it, I'm going to go play Sabacc. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think I that's like that. what we want to is be feeling like, you know, the, I love Battlefront like I keep saying. But again, I, I wish I could slow down and have these missions where I could just I'm so used to the open world now. Yeah. I think a lot of gamers are and I'm not not a gamer per se, but I do play um, that. I do want to take that time. I do want to just go smoke a, a bowl of hookah. <laughs> in Jabba's Palace. I do want to sit in the conference room on the Death Star and talk to Moti and Tag. Um, I like to tell uh, that there was the Telltale Games uh, the, 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 the and playing the Game of Thrones one again where oh, cool. it's all conversations okay, yeah. and it's about how can you outsmart Cersei Lannister, yeah. not how can you your sword play. So I I like that kind of stuff, um, but I, uh, the, the Knights of the Old Republic was daunting and scary to me because it seemed to never end. Yeah. Yeah. I do want a finite ending to my story so I can live my life. Yeah, I would be okay with, I've been a big fan of James Bond video games, uh, going back to GoldenEye. No, nothing's ever been as good as GoldenEye, but a lot of those games have been really good at giving you a meaty mission. And yes. that is a little bit easier to handle, too. Yep. So I wouldn't mind also something where it's, it is one character and you just mission, mission, mission. Give me some Jedi that whether I know him or not, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's a new character or not, uh, give me a Jedi on a mission. Uh, the, the mission Obi-Wan had in Attack the Clone, some kind of like oh, yeah. you know, private eye type investigative mission. Ooh. I could dig with that, man. And, it, it you know, you look at what they did with uh, uh, the Mass Effect, which is uh, an open, kind of this open world but you had a story to tell but but uh not quite open world but you could go to planet to planet so yeah. you'd need that because red dead redemption obviously or uncharted you're kind of in certain set areas but so you need to travel the galaxy and get that feeling and i think mass effect did a great job with that so that's what i want for the star wars universe yeah. full immersion i think everyone kind of knows or, or needs that now right yeah more than just the action yeah, and I, I want something that's new. I I would be happy to play through a narrative of The Force Awakens. That would be fine. They don't really make those kind of games yeah. anymore. It, if, but if it was well-made, I'd be happy to do that. But I kind of, going back to my complaining about trying to take down ad-ats all the time, Yeah, I, I would like to play brand new things. The, you totally know, new that. stories instead of just marching through the parts of the movies that we've played a million times. Absolutely agree. I love being on Hoth. I love taking down the walkers, but your point is absolutely right. That's been in almost every video game. Yes. That has Star Wars attached to the name, unless you count pod races. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, I'm okay. Throw me in the battle with the Gungans. I'll, si- I'll fight <laughs> yeah. side oh by God. side with I've them. I've never thrown blue balls. <laughs> <laughs> I have run I down a death do trench probably as many times as I've had a frozen pizza, which is yeah. a lot. Oh. Yeah. Uh, so I'd like to, yeah, how could you, how would the mechanics? It'd be, you have to spin that control around and kind of <laughs> and launch that blue Yeah. Ball. In like yes. every seventh time you hit yourself in the head. Yeah. I love it. I love it. P-U-S-A. <laughs> All these ideas are so great, though, and that is what I think is so exciting. You have all these different uh, studios currently working on these games. We can have a Legend of Zelda uh, type of game. I'm even thinking like a Death Troopers type of game based on the book. You know, talk about for the horror fans. That'd be really exciting and super scary. Oh, yeah, like a Resident Evil type game? You don't know what's around the corner? A survival horror, as they call them? Yes, yes. Let's get it all. There's, (laughs) you know, something for everyone. Yeah. And there's something to be said for just uh, strapping on a Stormtrooper helmet, going around shooting, which is what Battlefront's doing so good. But uh, it seems as uh, Star Wars fans, we just haven't got that one big narrative yet at, at, at the level that other games are doing. Right. Shadows of the Empire seem to have it because I know people. You, what, what's your favorite Star Wars character? Dash Rendar. <laughs> He's their guy. Yeah. 
We saw that on Jedi Alliance. We put that character out there in a in a in a, a duel of fates, and people love Dash Rendar. <laughs> right. I get it. So now we need that for a new generation. Yeah, we need the new Dash Rendar. We need, yeah. or maybe it's just Dash Rendar. <laughs> <laughs> He's back with little smaller yeah. shoulder pads. Oh, no. <laughs> so that is uh, our look at Star Wars video games. As always, there is more to discuss. Um, so continue that conversation with us by following us at Force Center Pod and using the hashtag. Force Center to talk to us about your favorite Star Wars video game memories and what you want and maybe what you know. Maybe you're a video game developer and you know right now that they're working on Star Wars 1313 Part 2 and you can let us know. I don't know. I want to scoop. Yeah, know. and maybe you'll see a lot of tweets on Force Center because I might find a way to play Knights of the Old Republics finally somehow yes. and then I'll live tweet it like it's 2002. <laughs> we could do that. We could do that. So at this point of the show, Joseph, we're going to go look uh, look out to our audience and see where they want to guide us for the episode this week. That's right. Uh, you guys were great at audience questions this week. Uh, we throw the requests out on Twitter and on Facebook, and you guys gave us a ton of good questions. We're going to bank some of them. We're going to use them for future episodes because there are so many good ones. Uh, this one is actually one from last week that we get, didn't get to. It's from our Force Center Facebook page, and it is from a person whose name I'm going to have some great pleasure saying. It is Casey Bacon Strips Bauer. <laughs> it's amazing. Oh it sounds love like it. a villain from a Stephen King novel somehow. <laughs> Casey love Bacon it. Strips Bauer. Uh, Casey asks, how do you want this year's Force Friday handled when you compare it to the success of something like Aliens Day and the failure of last year's Force Friday? Uh, Casey clearly feels like it was a failure. So let's talk about, let's break down the question a little bit. Do you guys think hmm. that last year's hmm. was a failure? I, I might have a uh, different view um, because at the time I was uh, in my old job. So um, Force Friday. Uh, oh, wait. No, take it back. Take it back. I'm thinking about something else. I was not. I just left my old job. And when Force Friday came out, I can tell you it was a major retail event that I was glad I didn't have to deal with. Because you were used to be at the mall I and you didn't have, have to, to be mauled at the mall. Mauled at the mall. Uh. And, uh, we're talking to lines the day before. Um, so I know from that vantage point and talking to my former employees, um, I would call it a success mm. in terms of dollar signs. Um, <laughs> yeah. But what uh, Casey might be mentioning, I don't you know, I don't know. I, I almost wish Casey was here. I'd like to hear why he felt, uh, felt it was a failure. Yeah, I don't know. I will throw out, and I don't know if this is what Casey means. Because it was everywhere to me. That, yeah, yeah, but I will throw out that I'm sure it was a financial success. We've talked a lot about how things like Star Wars Celebration mm. is a celebration and about how sure. many good Star Wars things are a sense of, this mm. is joyous. And I think the fact that you had to be lined up by midnight and all the good stuff was gone in seconds, oh, as I understand right. it, that a lot of people didn't have a celebratory experience. They had a brutal, mm. cutthroat consumer experience, and a lot of people went home sad. And you know what? You're right. And uh, good. You all should feel that way. From working Black <laughs> Fridays for 17 years, I yeah. can tell you they're horrible. <sighs> it's horrible. It's a horrible experience to work those. Um, you shouldn't enjoy those. So maybe you're right. Yeah. Um, I would, did not go on Friday. I didn't participate. No, neither did I. Because I just, having worked on the other side of it. But I did go on Sunday, and it was a wasteland. I did find a Kylo Ren mug, which I was happy to grab. Turns out it didn't have the lid to it, I recently discovered. Oh, <laughs> I bought it without the lid. Oh, my um, So, yeah, I... From that point of view, yes, I understand. It wasn't, it was, it was consumerism. It wasn't celebratory. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I kind of blocked all this out because I'm like, ah, I was fine, but it's because I couldn't go anywhere. You know, I have, I have a young mm-hmm. child. And so I was relegated to the internet where I just mm-hmm. bought things. Although I do remember I was trying to buy something on Amazon and it was like the pre-order was already sold out. Wow, and that wow. was so 
frustrating. So I mm-hmm. understand where you're coming from, Casey. It, I guess it was kind of a disaster. A lot of people were online, I remember, mm-hmm. were very upset that they had waited in line for hours for basically nothing. For nothing. For, for a bunch that. of Rick Ole figures. Yeah. Basically. For sad Constable Zuvio. Yeah. Uh, so, but to answer the first part of Casey's question of then, how do we want it handled this year? I will throw out mm-hmm. that. Uh, that I would like them to make a massive amount of the main characters of Rogue One and just make sure that they're yeah. available. So if you think Jyn Erso looks cool, there's enough Jyn Erso whatever, action figures, cups, whatever, for everyone on that first night and risk risk the money, risk the money in order to create the celebration. Mm. Sorry, I just had this flash forward to my future uh, this winter. <laughs> I am already out of room. Yeah. It just dawned on me that I'm going to need 12 gin or so's, and I'm scared. We need a toy space <laughs> yes. that we can just go yes. both visit yeah. and just look do, at our toys. Do, do you want to rent a toy room? Just I think we should. Like I think we should. Me too. <laughs> I'm like, uh, yeah. uh, sorry, bad. wife. Uh, Ken and I are going to get an apartment together. <laughs> Extra apartment. Yeah. Wow, sorry, I just went to a place that I've just hit, I just because I, I am already on board for Jyn Erso. Yeah. I love this character already. All the main characters look great. Yeah. yeah. They oh, look cool. I'm going to finally get a new Mon Mothma? Yeah. <gasps> That's what I need. Yeah, and I know it's, I, I think I'm being really ignorant. I don't think it matches the current market or how merchandising is done. But from my perspective, what I would want is just fewer items and more of them. Right. So everybody can be like, I got my one amazing Imperial, whoever that guy is with the Cape yeah. Sippy Cup, yeah. you know, and th- that's that's the main product for that guy. Yeah. And we all got one. Yay. I, I do want Mads Mickelson hot chocolate. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, I will have that. I will have that. Uh, his character cries uh, hot chocolate in this role. I could just say, so just handle it. Just know that the, the appetite is there. Mm-hmm. Right. Feed the appetite in a better way. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I think that there was a little bit of miscommunication perhaps between Sure. The stores and Disney, and so hopefully yeah. that'll be better Absolutely. handled. This well, time. Casey, that was a great question. A good, yeah. thought, a good thought stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Chris Whitehead at Osiris292 on Twitter asks Is Maul the right villain for a hashtag Kenobi story? Chris has already voted. <laughs> Considering the small audience audience which knows that Maul is alive. Well, first of all, that is, that is Chris who, that right. is his hashtag, and you said his Twitter handle so much more elegantly than I did. <laughs> What, how'd you say it? Osiris292. Osiris. I, for the love of God on Spotlight Star Wars, maybe because I was still hungover, couldn't say it. <laughs> and it was Osirisiris. Osirisiris. Osiris292. This guy has cirrhosis. I don't know. It yet. <laughs> Chris, I'm an idiot. Joseph is a smart one. Um, no. That's great. So to the question. Um, yeah, so he asked, is Maul the right villain for a hashtag Kenobi story considering the small audience which knows Maul is alive? Hmm. I, I am okay living in a mallless universe. Yeah, yeah. I love yeah. Darth Maul. I love I every. I love him in the Clone Wars. I loved his appearance uh, at the end of season two of Rebels. Yep. Yeah. But I feel like maybe for a movie for the general public, it's a little weird that what that guy who got cut in half mm-hmm. a decade and a half ago is back. Yeah. I think there's a lot more that you can draw upon. Whether it be a new character, a character from the past, a character from the Clone Wars cartoon, or something, uh, if they're going to tell the story, um, I d- you're going to need a villain. I just it also wouldn't sync up. Maybe 
I guess it would sync up the story, the timeline. You depend on where you put it. I guess mm. Maul Kenobi would know Maul had survived and had the legs and all that stuff. Or, yeah, you know, I just I don't need Maul anymore. And I, I think Chris, that's a great thing to say that there's a small audience that know he yeah. knows he's alive. Right, that is a good. We forget a good that point. Right, I, I I'm imagining like we talked about this indie film. Mm-hmm. I don't need to. I don't need to see it. Yeah. I just yeah. want to see him in the desert. Now, if you just... could bring a clone of Savage Opress back, Ooh, <laughs> yes, the most elegant Star Wars name ever, I Savage Opress. The that. only thing I thought of with this question, Chris, and it is a great question, is I think that Maul is maybe the wrong match. But the Kenobi story in my mind that I like is that something tempts him off Tatooine when Luke is quite young hmm. when he has the pull to like I can still make a difference Ooh. and then it's this moral journey of like I'm supposed to be there with Luke what right. if Luke gets in trouble Ooh, that's good. Uh, and it makes sense that something that's already connected to Obi-Wan would pull him off right. mission right that's I great. don't think they'll ever tell that story they played with it in the one comic book yes. the yes. one shot uh, yeah. so I don't think they're going to tell that in the movie but I can see Maul being used in that way mm. got it it makes sense uh, ready to move on to the next one? Yes, yes Excellent. This is Leanne Jones at a Leanne CJ. If you could choose who Luke has a lightsaber fight with in episode eight, who would you choose? Jennifer? Benicio Del Toro. I think I've said this before. Okay. Yeah. I just, I, I think he's going to bring so much darkness and I can't wait. And I want to see that epic fight. That's the great, just uh, older gentleman, yes. elegant lightsaber fight opportunity. Mm-hmm. You Really? You think it's going to, I think it's going to be dirty. <laughs> I what, do. Kind of, what kind of dirty are we I talking know, like, about? Like, like they don't have pants. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I think there's going to be a lot of rage, and it's going to okay. be—he's going to fight dirty. That's what I'm. Thinking. Okay, you think it's going to be kind of a turtle. vicious fight? Yeah, vicious. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can uh, see that. Uh, hey, I've said it before, and I'm going to say it again because it's one of my favorite things. I want a three-way lightsaber dance. I want Benicio del Toro to show up and, and interrupt the training of Luke and Ray, and that's going to lead to a fight between Luke and uh, del Toro. But in the meantime, Kylo Ren is trying to prove himself to Snoke, and since del Toro is the rightful uh, Snoke apprentice or the right-hand man of Snoke, Kylo Ren has to go after del Toro as well, and it's a three-way dance that finds uh, Luke maybe killing del Toro, but Ren killing Luke. That's what I want oh, nice. at the end of eight. Nice. Uh, oh. I, I had many, many thoughts. I will keep them quick. I would love to see some actual lightsaber training between Luke and Ray. That's yes. not a fight, yes. but I would like to see them actually training together, yeah. hitting each other with lightsabers. Uh, I would. It would be cool if Luke like took down all of the Knights of Ren, except for he just can't bring himself to even fight with Kylo. That'd be good, too. Mm. Uh, and then my last suggestion is that in Episode Eight, Luke kills Snoke. Mm. And leaves Kylo Ren, since Kylo Ren is already the whole inverted sort of story of Vader of what if Kylo Ren is committed to the dark side and loses his master and is basically like, you're in charge of the dark side now. What you going to do with it? Here's all the files. Yeah. Here's here's the master key set. (laughs) Here's how to do dark side payroll. Uh, I like that. I like that a lot. I like great. Luke versus Knights of Ren as well. Yeah. 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 Oh, man. It would make sense that at some point we're going to see the Knights of Ren. Oh, yes. yeah. Yeah. Because Snoke have to talks see about them as if they're active. Right. Yeah. Right. You know, even yeah. you, the leader of the Knights of Ren, has not felt face this test. Yeah. So they're still hanging around somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Anyone seen Kylo? <laughs> <laughs> He's killing his dad. Uh, but yeah, I think, Jennifer, I think your prediction yeah. is the most accurate prediction. Uh, our last question comes from Amy Wishman Milan, and she asks, now, I have to preface this. I asked for funny and weird as well as serious questions, and Amy obliged. She said, what do you think Jabba's skin feels like? You said weird. 
<laughs> I love this question. And indeed, I did. So, Jennifer, do you want oh, to I start? Have. Oh, I've got one. Okay. okay. So, it's cross between the stingray. If you've ever gone to, like, the aquarium, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, and, you, and it's, like, really slimy. Oh, yeah. But then it also has, like, the ridges, kind of, perhaps, of mm, the elephant. Yeah. Right? The kind, the kind of funny texture. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. You, I love, too, that Jennifer just like, I got this. I've got this one. <laughs> I've thought about this for years. <laughs> In my mind, my hand. My fan race. fiction. You at Star Wars Celebration, I because I think we oh, ran yes. past each other there. You you waited a long time, and you were still pregnant, I remember. You I waited was. a long time to go to that life-size Jabba, right? I did, and I sat, I sat in his tail. It was a dream come true. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. I <sighs> sat in his tail. Uh, what do you have? What do you have? Here's, here's what I have. I was yeah. think I was going through my own sense memory of mm-hmm. have I ever touched anything that would feel like Java? And mm-hmm. I think the closest I can come to it is there have been times in my life where I've had too much to drink, <laughs> and I have said, "I'm gonna have a frozen pizza tonight," and I get it out and I open it, but I forget to cook it, so it just sits there on the counter, not cooking, not fully baking, just sort of rotting in the open air where a frozen pizza shouldn't be. And I feel like a frozen pizza has not been cooked, but has been left out for about 12 hours is what Java's skin feels like. Oh, wow. God. That's pretty accurate, uh, actually. <laughs> Joseph Scrimshaw on the Adventures of Frozen Pizza is a book <laughs> and a movie and a tie-in with comics that needs to happen. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I can top that, but I can tell you uh, I have not thought about this, surprisingly. In <laughs> The whole time of being a Star Wars fan, I've never thought about what it would be like to sit on Jabba. Um, As as some of you know, I've worked in the world of professional wrestling and ran a uh, a professional wrestling company for a while. And there were some big gentlemen, um, one of them, uh, about a 5 foot 11, 400 pound Samoan man who uh, once did a backflip and landed on me. It was great. Wow. Um, So I feel as though I've experienced what it's like to be underneath Jabba the Hutt. Um, Because it's not just about texture, it's about what you're smelling and it's about what you're uh, feeling right. uh, emotionally. Um, I I don't think it's a pretty spot to be in. I think slimy. The stingray thing is a good yeah. good, good good thing. Frozen pizza is equally as good because that's how you feel on the inside, too. Um, I, I, the thing I worry about, Jabba's Palace, and when I'm on Battlefront wandering around exploring the new Jabba's Palace level, I can't imagine Jabba's Palace smells good at all. All. Mm. The ventilation system doesn't seem to be. There's no AC. It's trapped. Bib Fortuna, could you crank up the AC? Is something never said in the palace. <laughs> and so I think if you if you got to the point that you're up against Jabba, you're not just feeling things. You're smelling things. Yeah, that ain't fun. Poodoo. <laughs> Those are some of our uh, fan questions. We'll answer more next week. That was great. We're gonna start to close out here with our segment we've been doing for a couple weeks now. Finish the fan fiction, where we write the beginning of a story. Those of us here on the panel improvise the end of the story, and then the day after we post uh, the episode of Force Center, we post it on our Facebook so you guys can contribute your ends of stories. So I'm going to read last week's prompt, and then this week it was too hard. There were too many good responses, Mm -hmm. so I picked two good responses, a longer one and a pithier one. So here we go. Here is last week's prompt, the beginning of the fan fiction. Luke stroked his beard and smiled wistfully. Before him stood the shimmering form of his mentor, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Throughout the years, he had appeared to Luke in times of great importance when his counsel was needed. Luke, Obi-Wan said, is there anything else you wanted to ask me? Luke had been waiting for this moment. Yes, Obi-Wan, he said. On Dagobah, when you revealed the truth about my sister Leia, why did you sit on the log with me? I mean, you are a ghost, so why? 
Obi-Wan smiled. I've been waiting a long time for this question. A long time. Finally, you're ready. The answer may shock you, Luke. I sat on the log because... This is what our first winner, Jim Yost, had to say. I sat on the log because I felt there was a chance you were going to take a swing at me when I dropped the bomb on you. (laughs) And frankly, if I was standing there, there was a 3,720 to 1 chance you'd pass through me, trip over a root, hit a tree, break your neck, and die. Thereby ending any chance of defeating Darth Sidious, which, by the way, is the Emperor's professional name. (laughs) Needless to say, I sat down to protect you from a certain point of view. <laughs> that was a great answer. Great answer. Lots of lots to just pick apart yeah. in there. Oh, and factored great. in the prequels. I like it, Jim. <laughs> yeah. Well done, Jim. So I had to include that one. Uh, but then there was a nice pithy one that I liked very much as well. So uh, Obi-Wan says to Luke, uh, finally you're ready. The answer may shock you, Luke. I sat on the log because, and Russell Turco says... I learned that things don't go well when I have the high ground and have to say something dramatic. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Well played, Russell hey, Turco. Oh, I love well it. played, in indeed. The in both answers. That's great. Yeah. So you guys ready for this week's prompt? Yes. Absolutely. Okay, here we go. Boba Fett felt two distinct sensations. He was being attacked by two destructive, corrosive forces. The acid of the Sarlacc's stomach, and perhaps even more deadly, shame. His zealous desire to kill the Jedi had distracted him to the bumbling of half-blind Han Solo, and his hubris had landed him in this disgusting and, frankly, embarrassing predicament. Boba, son of Jango, deadliest of all bounty hunters, knew he could easily blast his way out of the belly of the beast, but he honestly wondered if he should bother. Boba Fett spoke out loud to himself, weighing his options. Well, said Fett, I should have never left the elementary school on Geonosis. That was my first mistake. Poggle the Lesser took me in after the unfortunate death of my father, Django, at the hands of the dreaded base Windu, and he raised me in my formative years until I went off to try to join the New Republic's, uh, the Republic or the Imperial Academy, whatever the hell it was, school at the time, and made my brief appearance in the Clone Wars cartoon. I should have never left Geonosis, plus the weird... Fly candy was good. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. Boba Fett is reflecting on his beginnings. He has become aware of his meta existence inside Star Wars narrative and thinks, you know, it all went wrong when I was a child. When Mace lobbed my dad's head off, it was done for me anyway. So I might as well just sit here and rot in this Sarlacc. Uh, uh, That's it. That's some That's great stuff. That's good. That's some That's great stuff. One. Are you are you ready, Jennifer? I'm ready. So Boba Fett is weighing his decision of whether he should fly out of the Sarlacc. Well, says Fett. Since I'm going to be s- digested over the next hundred years, I might as well get comfortable. Ooh, that feels kind of good. <laughs> That's it. That's all I got. What felt good? <laughs> I don't know. Was it the rotting corpse of Niku, Kato, and Baratu? Was that it? Yeah. Up to your imagination. A bunch. I had never. Th- we were also focused on Boba Fett. I forgot he had company. Yeah. yeah. A bunch of other guys like, hey, uh, maybe we shouldn't start playing cards or something <laughs> in here. Everyone up for some smack. <laughs> well, I think those are some great answers that maybe Boba Fett just stays in there because he's comfy. There's something about the disgusting amniotic womb-like state. <laughs> he's like, 
I can be reborn. I can fix my life. Scrub. So we will, uh, like I said, we'll put this up on our Facebook page. If you don't uh, like us on Facebook, please, please go like us on Facebook and you will see the prompt pop up there and please keep contributing your answers. They're really, really funny, really insightful. We love them so much. Thank you, guys. Yeah, and thank you guys for listening to what we do here in Force Center. We have so much fun with you, the audience, and we appreciate your support. This has been another edition of Force Center. We broke down the news, talked about video games. I think I might need to go replay Force Unleashed. I'm sorry, Jennifer. Maybe you can give it another go. I don't know. It just kind of <laughs> breaks my heart that uh, uh, you're not there with me on that there. But maybe all of us will start Knights of the Old Republic. And then the show will end because we won't have time to <laughs> That's exactly. right. So as always, guys, it's been fun. Uh, Joseph Scrimshaw. It's always great to talk about uh, Star Wars with you. And where can they find you and your adventures? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram and all the other social media is at Joseph Scrimshaw. You can follow along on all of my various comedy adventures by going to my website, josephscrimshaw.com. I have a bunch of shows coming up in Los Angeles. Uh, I'm also going to San Francisco in June. I think I'm going to be at San Diego Comic-Con. So go to josephscrimshaw.com to find out all the stuff I'm doing and my other podcast, Obsessed. Absolutely, Jennifer. It's always great to have you here. And uh, we got a new Jedi beat, I know, coming out soon. I'm excited for that. So can you give us a little preview and tell us where uh, they can follow you? Uh, You can follow me on all the social media sites at Jennifer Landa. On my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Jennifer Landa, where I have lots of Star Wars videos. Um, And I am going to play The Force Unleashed again because I know it's an awesome game. I just I need to get into it. (laughs) <laughs> do it, do it, do it. And uh, it, it's fun as always, guys. Uh, don't forget to follow us at Force Center Pod, me at Ken Napsuck, across all social media platforms. And don't forget Spotlight Star Wars every Saturday. We got Databank Brawl, Jedi Beat is coming, and more things on the way here on Force Center. We will see you next time. <laughs>